So that's what I'm saying. The text is like an object. It's gonna change perspective based on where you're standing. I don't know. Hello? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? I missed you, baby sweet. It was a day. Hmm? It was a day. Please tell me you're seeing this too. From Seattle, we are drinking the movies. I'm Taylor Baker. And I'm Michael Clausen. Second episode of the day. How we feeling? Ooh, I think this beer might be kicking in. I agree. Ready to talk about more movies? I am. What are we talking about? I forgot. You tell me. Oh boy. Um, we are going to begin with Ready or Not, starring Samara Weaving, uh, which I think will be our first coverage of a Samara Weaving film on the show, which I'm very excited about. Number two is going to be It, Chapter Two, which I'm excited to never have to talk about again. We'll get it over with. And finally, we will be talking about Women on the Verge of a Nervous Breakdown from director Pedro Almodovar. Bit of a nice variety here. Indeed. First impressions. First, today we have Marriage Story from Noah Baumbach, as well as Hirokazu Koreeda's The Truth. Which would you like to start with? Let's go Marriage Story. Let's do it. What I love about Charlie. Loving you. He loves being a dad. It's almost annoying how much he likes it. A little too long. He cries easily in movies. I cried four times. Me too. He's very competitive. What's this? Who owns Baltic Avenue? He's very clear about what he wants. He's a great dresser. Never looks embarrassing, which is hard for a man. He takes all of my moods steadily. He doesn't make me feel bad about them. He rarely gets defeated, which I feel like I always do. That is the trailer for Marriage Story. What do you think? I was excited. I remain excited. I think this looks very emotional. Two very talented actors that I like very much. Scarlett Johansson, Adam Driver. I like Noah Baumbach quite a bit. Um, I remain excited. What about you? I think these Golden Globe nominees are about to be Golden Globe winners. I think that we see Golden Globe nominee about a half a dozen times in that trailer. I think that's about to go bye-bye. They make that front and center. I think these are going to win. This looks amazing. This might be my favorite Noah Baumbach, uh, or a trailer for my future favorite Noah Baumbach Mm. film. I think right now I'd probably go with, um, gosh, what's that one with Greta? Francis Ha? Yeah, that's, I think, my current favorite, um, which was a collaboration between the two. I don't know if she co-directed, but I know she co-wrote it. Um, And his projects since then haven't, since they broke up, haven't quite been the same for me. Um, So I think this is maybe a return to form or like a a return to what Bombat can do, uh, which is exciting. And Mm -hmm. uh, as you mentioned, ScarJo and Adam Driver... uh, they ain't bad. <laughs> this is a great cast list. Alan Alda, I think I saw Laura Dern, Ray Liotta. Yeah, uh, stacked. Yes, I the the news currently has been 
that Netflix is back in the Oscar race, and I think that they were never out of it, but I definitely think that they're now deeper in it than I realized. I would agree. Uh, I can't remember if Mistress America was pre or post Francis Ha. That's my favorite Bombach film, uh, but I also liked Francis Ha quite a bit. Um, I haven't seen Margot at the wedding. I haven't seen Squid in the Whale in a long time. I do think he's like just really interested in modern romantic relationships. Yeah. What marriage means to people today. Um, uh, and I dig it. I am pumped. Very optimistic. I am going to temper my expectations, but like I said, I think that we've got some Golden Globe winners. Try to put it out of mind and we'll just stumble back into it. On Netflix when? October? Not too long. November? December? Somewhere before the end of the year. That is correct. Up next, we have Hirokazu Koreeda's The Truth. The follow-up to last year's Shoplifters, which I think was in both of our top 30s at least. Yeah, I think so. um, And I've heard this is actually, like, for him, a return to the stories he wants to tell, which I find exciting because I... in retrospect, I think Shoplifters is a little bit uh, overvalued. Mm. Well, should we take a look? Let's do it. No, aucune importance. C'est ma fille avec sa petite famille. Elle a épousé cet acteur. Oh, acteur, c'est un bien grand mot. Welcome. All right, we just watched the trailer for The Truth from Corrieda. What do you think? Yeah, it looks. It looks like I expected it to look. It doesn't look bad. I'm excited about Deneuve and Benoche and Hawk being in a movie together, but I just don't think it's going to do anything to surprise me or, like, challenge the form. I think it'll just be a solid movie that, you know, I, I won't really talk about after we talk about it. You know, like, it won't come back. Expectations cooled, huh? Yeah. How about you? Uh, I think I am uh, more excited. Um, I'm kind of interested in the uh, change of culture. Like, it looks very French from uh, a director who is very not French. Um, You know, from a guy who's, like, usually compared to, like, Ozu doing a very wordy French family drama. Like, I'm just kind of intrigued by the the change of pace, I guess. It looks more like an Olivier Assayas film. It feels like a change of pace to you. Uh, culturally, yeah. Well, but I mean, like, content-wise. Like, to me, I I thought I was seeing a lot of what I saw in Shoplifters. Yeah, I mean, to me, that's a good thing. Like, his interests maybe remain the same, uh, you know, family, interpersonal dynamics uh, in, in current day. Um, but uh, I think the milieu actually feels, like, extraordinarily different. These look like bourgeois, you know, French people versus Japanese impoverished uh, people. Um, I think it's, you know, just enough of the, the tweak on what he might ordinarily be interested in that seems like kind of an interesting new step or next step, I guess. Um, I agree. Like, there's never any good way to really, like, package this kind of movie in a trailer um, because it's uh, uh, a drama, um, you know, and there's no, there's, there's no thrill to it in um, but see Rachel getting married for how to make it thrilling. True. Um, and I would imagine that probably had a thrilling trailer. Um, this looks maybe, uh, a bit more K 
casual and it's going, but uh, I don't know. I still got a good feeling about it. Seems fine. I don't know. I'm pretty let down by the lack of Julie Delphi. So that's true. Delphi. I can always use more of her, especially so. in an Ethan Hawke movie in France. I mean, come on. I know. Don't remind me. Word, word. Nowhere to go but up. That's that's the good thing about having tempered expectations. Are you ready or not? I think I'm ready. So at midnight, you have to play a game. Why? It's just something we do when someone new joins the family. A game. What game? Hide and seek? Are we really going to play that? Well, the rules are simple. You can hide anywhere. We then try to find you. So there's no way for me to win, right? I mean, stay hidden till dawn. <laughs> no, thank you. Good luck. What the hell is this? How old is this thing? You shot the maid. Ready or not, a movie. From uh, Double Directors. That is right. I couldn't tell you the names of either or one of them off the top of my head. I would agree with that. I believe it's still currently playing in theaters. Correct. At least it is in Seattle. I had a fabulous time with this movie. What about you? I had a lovely time with this film. I particularly enjoyed Samara Weaving and Adam Brody's performances. I actually don't think Annie McDowell was very good. Um, I would agree. Which took me by surprise. I expected her to be one of the turnstiles of solidity in this film, and she definitely um, didn't really seem to show up for me, which was new in my experiences with her. I would agree. I did not get as much from her as I would have liked. She didn't, uh, wasn't bad. Just expect more yeah. from Annie McDowell. Um... But I would agree. I haven't seen Adam Brody in I don't know how many years. I associate him with like my yeah, right. I was gonna say I associate him with like my early teenage years. Uh, I think he does a nice job here. Uh, I guess it just hadn't even really clicked beforehand that this was maybe an R rating. I guess I was expecting something a little tamer. But this gets pretty pretty grisly, pretty mm-hmm. violent. Um, I think it remains kind of light in its uh, you know movement scene to scene i think it is brisk in its pace uh some of the sentimental beats maybe don't uh land um i also wouldn't say that i was laughing out loud a great deal but i was thoroughly amused for just about the whole runtime yeah that's a good way to put it yeah amused yeah Yeah. it definitely got me to chuckle not so much as laugh but go (laughs) i get it Right, yeah. Um, I don't think it took itself too seriously. Definitely not. That's when Samara is at her best, is when she can kind of be a little bit, like, aloof Mm. to everything around her and go, like, are you fucking serious? Mm. You know, like, that's kind of, like, her tone. Whether it's in um, the the limited series Picnic at Hanging Rock or Mm. even her character in, uh, gosh, what's that gal's name? Frankie... I can't remember her last name, but her she runs a show on Showtime called Smelf that uh, Samara plays a uh, major lead uh, or major supporting actor or actress, mm. in. Um, and she she definitely gets to play like the the snarky girl that we kind of see here very much mm-hmm. in tone, and um, 
do a lot of the facial tick stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And that's like, that's when she's good, when she can kind of play to the camera more mm-hmm. than play to the characters in the film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, in terms of the, the trope of the final girl, like, I think I usually associate that with, you know, the very fearful girl, the girl who's terrified running from whatever it is and trying to kill her. Mm-hmm. There is, you know, a uh, almost like more annoyance um, from her performance by what all is going on. Exhaustion. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which I thought was a very nice tweak on that. Very refreshing. Um, I kind of like just the overall style of it, right? Like it could have just been kind of a modern wealthy family, but it's kind of got this like new Gothic kind of look to the house and everything. Mm-hmm. The old, is it the aunt or the grandma who's wearing like purple and stuff? And she just looks kind of gargoyle like or something. Uh, like it, it just feels different enough um to to kind of make its mark it's uh Uh, i don't know if you've ever read the short story but um it's definitely a riff on a short story called the most dangerous game oh yeah yeah in in which uh, a man is hunted by a hunter on his expensive mansion and if he survives or escapes he wins Mm -hmm. um and that's very much what's what's happening here um except for this has the devil Exactly. Uh, what do you think? Did you think this is going to actually be supernatural in any way? Or no? I did in the beginning, and then in the middle, I was like, "Huh." Then in the end, I was like, "Yes, I knew it." I was very satisfied. I kind of went back and forth, just like you did, and I was pleased by that. Uh, I thought I thought it nicely kept me kept me wondering which way it might go. Um, yeah. Who do you think the most important person is in the making of this film? The most important person? Um, what a leading question he asked. Yeah, yeah. W- would you like to to offer your thoughts? Oh, I'll tell you. I will tell you, Michael. What do you got? The wardrobe department. Ooh. Because that dress that Samara wears, they mm. had to not fuck that up. Because if you shoot one segment out of sequence where that dress has a stain on it that it shouldn't, it would be blatantly obvious. Because she wears the same dress the Mm. whole movie. And you Mm. can't shoot something before she tears it off. You can't shoot something when she's wearing different shoes. Mm. Um, And the slow build of of it getting soiled and blood on it and where the blood spatter is. And when she tears the sleeve off so that she can wrap up her hand. Um, Like, it's, it's a whole... Thing and I, I thought the job that was done was just expert. There wasn't I couldn't spot a single time where the wardrobe department messed up, and that is such a hard task. Yeah, I am rarely observant enough to uh, acknowledge that kind of thing. So I deeply admire the call out to the wardrobe department because they are the undersung heroes of things like this. You're absolutely right, uh, and. Wardrobes all around, right? They're uh, they're different. Mm-hmm. They're like you said, kind of gothic. Yeah, yeah, um, but not 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 outrageous. It's not goofy, I guess. Um, it's fun, but I wouldn't call it uh, goofy. Um, yeah, it, I mean, it has it has a few goofy moments, but it doesn't let itself become goofy. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's like a tang, you know, like the flavor of it. Is, is gothic with a tang. Mm, I like that. Do you think this has franchise potential? I 
do, but I don't think they'll do it. No? No, it's Fox Searchlight, not Bloomhouse. So I, I don't I don't think so, because I doubt that Samara would be willing to come back and do the same thing. Mm. She's actually like kind of a uh, becoming a little bit more of a, a picky actress. Like even if she picks projects that aren't what we would call good, they're characters that she feels like comfortable playing. And the noises she was making after or while she's been on the press circuit for this film are kind of like she's she's really glad she did it, but like she she thinks she's had her time with this character. Yeah. 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 So I mean if they do, I, I imagine it would be a Jumanji situation where they start mm. from scratch and play a new game that so like the devil is also in South America and this family mm-hmm. is another game family and instead of ready or not it's hide and seek or something you know, like Yeah, yeah. Like would I show up for it? Maybe, but it also seems like the kind of thing that would just uh, tear itself apart trying to maybe, like, build out its mythology somehow, yeah. uh, which would be terrible. I kind of think a, a good thing is left best alone. Maybe um, in, like, 20 years, when Samara's in her 40s, in mm. like, you know, the devil comes calling or something, mm. um, like, like, there might be an interesting screenplay, like, way down the line, but I don't mm. think that franchise, like, current contemporary franchise strategies mm. i wouldn't be interested in the exploration yeah. i think that we saw happy death day to you um prove that that just it doesn't work unless there's something sincere to it yeah yeah i would agree uh but i would uh highly recommend it favorite scene uh good question you go well i think fuck you man um, <laughs> shit, I didn't have something ready. I just wanted to to give you a chance. Um, I'm going to make noises while I pretend to think. Favorite scene? Probably when she goes to get back in the dumbwaiter. Oh, yeah. And there's already a girl in there who screams and then um, and is scared. And that, like, scared me with the oh, girl yeah. that gets scared. Or no, Samara gets scared. Like, oh, shit. The, yeah, get like, out. Get we're, out. We're all scared, basically. And then um, she starts calling for her, uh, for everyone to come get Samara. Samara, like, tells her to shut up and, like, hits the, the button to make it, like, go or whatever. And um, then she's slowly crushed and, like, almost cut in half by the uh, the doors of the dumbwaiter. I thought that was Great quite stuff. humorous. Great stuff. Because I didn't see it in the trailer. And so many yeah. other scenes I'd seen in the trailer. Yeah. Yeah, there was a lot here. Uh, you know, sometimes with this kind of genre thing, you kind of expect the highlights to have already... Uh, you, you expect to already know them from the trailer. Uh, like, when she f- goes to the barn and falls in the pit of dead animals, that's where I think I realized, I was like, wow, this is kind of a hard R in a way. Like, this yeah. is pretty gross, and I kind of like it. Specifically when she climbs up the ladder. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Uses that that was a surprise. Yeah. Um, and I was down with it. I was too. And, and the tone in those scenes is never, um, like, I don't know, trying to be too um, terribly repulsive. It somehow is sort of retaining its light tone. Yeah. Um, even though it's very, you know, kind of dark and grisly. Um, which I think is, you know, uh, uh, a sign of a good director. Right? So, or directors. Directors. So correct. did you settle on a favorite scene? Probably that one, just because I was so surprised by it. Okay. There you go. I, I also think that the uh, the car flip was pretty well done. 
It was. Like that guy had a bigger things. role in the movie than I was expecting. The like yeah. butler, she like is the going to toe to toe with him for like a good chunk of this. Yeah, he's like her biggest the, foe. the lead manservant. <laughs> yeah, I'm expecting the family. No, butler is like I'm fucking here to play. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna prove my value. I can't. Yeah. I can't lose my role. The devil's gonna kill them all. Yeah, yeah. He uh, he did work. So I gave this a four. You gave this a four. I did. Uh, this good is about one it. of the better, um, like genre horror movies we've seen all year. I, yeah, definitely one of the more fun ones I've seen at the movies. Yeah. All right. On to, uh, something we have to just get out of the way. Something happens to you when you leave this town. The farther away, the hazier it all gets. But me, I never left. I remember all of it. And that is it, chapter two. Michael gagged. Hold on. That's Can right. Hold it in. Mm-hmm. It Chapter 2, directed by Andy Muschietti. Muschietti. You hated this movie even more uh, vocally and violently than I did. Um, I I honestly had a hard time hating the movie, because it was just so bad as a movie and like a story, but everybody did their damnedest to make this trash work um should we start at your favorite character my favorite character yeah oh Oh, you don't know who your favorite character is allow me to tell you okay xavier dolan's character who opens up the film i was surprised i was uh it had my attention that was interesting um yeah interesting opening scene um, we're kind of led to think that we're going to go into this fun house circus scene, right? That we open up on, we detour to the bridge where we see Xavier Dolan and his boyfriend get beat up and thrown over a bridge. Uh, it's not a light opening by any means. Well, it's, it's, and then he's eaten by a clown. So, I mean, specifically, it's kind of like the film starts with gay bashing specifically. Right. And it, it's kind of a theme that continues throughout the film, um, as an undercurrent. Right. Uh, and I don't know that it serves a, a, a sincere purpose. Right. Uh, the only, I, I, in some of my, like, casual browsing since then, somehow read somewhere that that was based on a true story of some kind. Where, when, what exactly happened, I don't know. But that well, was. Well, I'm sure that somehow sounds like was, something that's absolutely a right? thing. Yeah, yeah. Born out of a particular instance yeah. that they wanted to speak to, which I thought was kind of interesting. Um you know, if this is supposed to be something about memory and selective memory, the kinds of things we want to forget, you know, maybe the inclusion of a scene like that is uh, about not forgetting, right? That that kind of thing happens um, and has happened. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, okay. So that, that kind of um, maybe made sense in hindsight. But I uh, just thought this movie was awful. I was just bored out of my mind. Uh, it is I agree. bored it, uh, out of my mind. The term that I used in my review is fetch quests. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I know you don't play video games much anymore, but mm. a fetch quest is when someone tells you to go get something, and then you proceed to go get it. But we do that with every single one of the characters multiple times. And it's exhausting. Yeah, it's not good when, like, Stanley dies before the story even gets going. And I'm relieved just because I know there are too many characters already. I'm like, good, like, slim this down. There are too many people. It's exhausting. So we are missing um, the original cinematographer from the first hit. Hmm. Which goes by the name of Chung Hoon Chung. Um, and he most famously was the cinematographer for the original version of Old Boy. But um, more notably for you and I in recent years, he was the cinematographer for one of our favorite foreign films of the decade, The Handmaiden. Oh, really? Yes. Cool. So when we are looking at this film wondering why is it so bad even though it looks fine, it might have to do with, you know, just someone who's not up to that level of cinematography that Chung was up to. Um, it looks like he was shooting Last Night in Soho with uh, Edgar Wright mm. um, instead That's of cool. this movie. So, good choice. Uh, good call on his part. If not that, he was shooting Zombieland Double Tap. Um, so he's clearly on to better projects than this. And he actually does have another movie coming out this year called The Current War from 2017, oh. which is finally releasing at some point this year, I think. Interesting filmography. Yeah. Because uh, I, I noticed that. I, I haven't seen the first one since it came out, but I'm sure you just watched the first one. Did you notice did. a difference in the quality of the cinematography? Because I felt like I did, but I'm, you know, unreliable. Uh, I did not. Um, that wouldn't have jumped out to me um, at first. I don't. I didn't think the first one looked great. I don't know that this one looks great to me either, but I think it's more that I'm just like too bothered by too many other things that are going on. Um, uh, I don't know that I would have picked up on that necessarily, but it uh, doesn't seem to have helped. Put it that I, way. I mean, that, that finale in the, the crater of the mm-hmm. meteorite, like it just seemed like it was shot wrong. Mm. Um, the throwback stuff to the children, like it just felt mm. like it was shot wrong. The, uh, the shot of the the sewer grate, like there's just, there's some weird mm. stuff where it just, it doesn't feel like it's even lit correctly. Mm. Um, maybe I was just so removed from the movie and didn't take it seriously, like at all. That, I was there. Because other people sure. told me that they were like, you know, they were legitimately scared at certain points. And I was like, I, mm. I don't know what to tell you, man. I just thought the whole thing was a comedy. And the only part that I thought was astounding was when um, they basically just copied the quays on their creatures. Like mm. some of those creatures um, and the animation was straight out of Aquaman. Mm. Like those mm. effects looked really solid and they looked like they were from the Quay brothers. Yeah. But otherwise, yeah. nothing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think my score, I gave it a one out of five, is you lower did. than most. And like, it is. I. I could, you know, point to particulars that I think were fine in terms of, like, creature design and, uh, you know... Performances the, the, the craft, the material. The given. craft in certain regard, yeah. But I think it's all just in service of uh, something that just... I, that I found exceedingly dull. Um, I thought, like, these characters are just supremely hollow. Uh, 
so the ideas and, and themes about memory just fall right off the screen. Uh, I think it's just exhausting how it feels like a scene list rather than a uh, narrative with like connective tissue from start to finish. I think that, that maybe that's a good lead-in for that quote that I have from Kubrick. Mm. I think right now I'll, I'll go ahead and read it. This is in regards to The Shining. Um, when he was asked about kind of the process of adapting it. Um, It is in the pruning down phase that the undoing of great novels usually occurs, because so much of what is good about them has to do with the fineness of the writing, the insight of the author, and often the density of the story. But The Shining was a different matter. Its virtues lay almost entirely in the plot. Mm. And I question whether or not that might be something that's actually just true of Stephen King, not so much just The Shining, but um, when I think about eleven twenty two sixty three or uh, the drawing of the three or um, even the Gunslinger, it's not that these characters are great characters; they're all normal people. He tends to only write normal people in extraordinary circumstances, and those circumstances would be called a plot. And so it is the plot rather than the things that we find in other works of fiction, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so I, I do question whether or not that might be a problem in adaptation of King's work. Mm. Yeah, I haven't read a single uh, Stephen King book. Okay. Um, so it's hard to say whether uh, I, I can't comment on you know the extent to which they're bad adaptations versus problematic source material. Um, did you read It, the book? Or was it a book? I, I haven't read it. No, yes, yeah. it is a book. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's just hard to say. Like, to me, what is just, like, astounding is that over two movies, over five hours, this love triangle between uh, Jessica Chastain, the chubby kid, and James McAvoy, like, is still reduced to this stupid postcard that, like, there is not, like, a single conversation between any of the two of them that I think illuminates what they mean to each other to me in any way. Like, I, I, I just found it mind-numbing how thin that love triangle is and how meaningless it is to me. And, like, whether that's King or the movie, I don't know, but whichever it is, it, it's it made for a pathetic experience for me. As pathetic as that was... It is not as pathetic as the Wasted Towns of James McAvoy, Jessica Chastain, and Bill mm. Hader. Three of agree. some of the best working actors today. Specifically, McAvoy's ability to embody a character fully and sincerely. You know, I don't question for a second when I'm watching him in that movie that he is who he's playing. Just that it's a bad fucking movie and nothing that they do can save the scene. Yeah, yeah, I would agree that it's a, a director's job to make sure the efforts of everyone involved are in service of something. Yeah, right. It's about cohesiveness and tone management, as Michael Phillips loves to yeah. say. Tone uh, management, great point. Yeah, uh, which I would describe as all over the place. Um, uh, and I don't know. There is just something incredibly unmoving to me about. Uh, what the losers club is, is meant to be all about. Uh, I, I think that just falls so flat. I think the exposition is just awful, awful, especially during the, 
uh, scene where James McAvoy's character, I think his name's Bill, takes the, like, trippy drink. We get that backstory with the mythology regarding the Native Americans first meeting this demon. I thought that was just terrible. Uh, this movie, I think, is more about surprise than suspense. I think it's uh, more about comedy than suspense. That's true, too, but uh, I would... Very true. Um, you know, the... The idea that something can uh, make you jump in your seat versus sit up in your seat with anticipation. Very rarely did I do the latter. Yeah. Um, jump scares, I, I you know, uh, can be valuable. Um, there is some of that here. But uh, in terms of my interest in what followed from any one scene was just not existent. Painful. Yeah. I agree. I didn't really ask you a question. I... I fundamentally agree with everything you said and i i've been watching barry uh Mm. it's been over for i think since june but like i've just recently seen bill Hader give one of the most moving character performances in a limited series or television show all year and now i watch him here with just dog shit material left on the sidewalk that I just stepped in and I had to pay and use my three hours to step in it. And I, it just, it bothers me that because he's so talented and it's such a waste and it's not just a waste of him. It's a waste of Justine and it's a waste of, uh, of James McAvoy. And I, I mean, mama, the first feature mm. film from Andy Machete is one of my favorite horror films this century so far. And I just, I don't get it. I don't get this misstep. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think it's a waste of Bill Skarsgård, too. I don't think there's enough of the clown. Uh, I don't think there's enough of the clown building a character of the clown. Yeah, yeah. He's just, like, used uh, as a eccentric, um, like, motif in the corner. Yeah, I don't understand why he is not terrifying. It's very frustrating. Uh, how badly I want to be afraid, and I'm not. Um, oh No. Uh, but I, I always like what he's doing. I, I'm always kind of excited once he finally shows up on screen. I think the finale is a bust. Uh, to me, that seems to lean into spectacle-driven. It reminds fare. me of uh, comic, the specifically the DC comic book movie endings. That mm. uh, I think the criticism is they often move in the third act to a grayscale, um, mm. large battlefield that is dark. Yeah, and yeah. I think that's exactly what we saw. Yeah. Uh, I don't like it. I, I agree. <laughs> I do not like this movie. Sam, I am. This movie is bad. Um, hopefully that interview where he said that there's enough to make a third movie isn't oh, true. Oh, God. Um, it doesn't sound like there's any plans to make it. Just that he thinks that there is enough to make it. Um, which is probably just something that he has to say because, you know, he's in the employment of that company still, from what mm. I gather contractually. So, uh, yeah, let's move away from this, if you don't mind. Yeah, yeah, I'll just say that I read some people say that they thought it should have been a miniseries, which I understand that idea, that it's episodic, but I also am just astounded you would want more and not less from a nearly three-hour movie. Agreed. I, less sounds good. Or, less sounds great. Let's talk about I, it. I, I would rather... I Yeah, that sounds <laughs> fantastic. 
But I mean, honestly, if I ever watched another interpretation of this, it would only be because the villain was taking center stage. Like, if I watch the movie It, I want to follow It in its murderous, conniving um, mystery. Like, I, I want to see him sit in a corner for two minutes and wait for someone to walk in. Kick and, it in the gutter. And destroy them. Yeah, I want I want to see him lure someone into a gutter, and I, I just want to follow like that teleportation and, and that character around as they wreak havoc. I don't I don't care about the human side of the story anymore. I just don't. Word. Let's move on. <laughs> I'm on the verge of a nervous breakdown. <sighs> It's a romance, but it's not about love. It's a comedy, but not everyone's laughing. It's a place where the one thing you can expect is the unexpected. Women on the verge of a nervous breakdown. All right, this is a hard pivot. Away from horror commercial horror to an 80s spanish comedy melodrama but like ready or not it's good it is good you liked it i liked it a lot oh great yeah i hadn't seen a review yet i wasn't I sure i finished it last night didn't have the time to review it and edit the current episode that folks can listen to and Still to finish come. light of my life so you know i had the things to had do to pivot uh glad to hear it things that i love directing and editing Mm-hmm. Um, cinematography, Antonio Banderas, every performer, Antonio Banderas, the directing. Word. I will round it out. I really like the production design and the costume design. Uh, things like one character who has coffee percolator earrings. Uh, well, that's just because Gab's just switched to the percolator. So even had it was I not just life. bought a percolator, I would still say those are dope earrings. They are. I think those are those are kind of on par with like in terms of movie earrings with the ones that Tessa Thompson's character had in Sorry to Bother You. That was the last time that like earrings oh, popped out yeah. to me. Those were cool. I'm like, oh, those are dope. Uh, you know, it's it's a it's for a super... second I was thinking Emma Thompson, and I was like. Emma Thompson, oh. sorry to bother you. Not oh, quite. Tessa, yes. <laughs> there it is. Uh, yeah, I think it's a great time. Um, I didn't laugh out loud a great deal. I kind of feel like that might sometimes be the case with foreign comedy, where it has to do with timing to some extent, that I personally maybe have a little bit harder of a time with. I usually mm. don't just laugh out loud quite as much. To when... me, it was just like absurd bombback styling. Like, it wasn't funny in the classical mm. sense of funny. It, it felt, like, very melodramatically dry, mm-hmm. um, the way that Bombac feels. But, like, mm. it would be so absurd, like, the scenarios mm. at some points where I'd, like, giggle. Not because I should, but because, like, I'm just finding it so humorous that they missed each other again. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, Bombac's funny comparison. Like, with Mistress America being very screwball farce in its making I, I like that's very similar to what this feels like to me you know the the fast-paced was dialogue. America the one with Lola yeah. yeah 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 that is a sharp one yeah um but uh yeah maybe not you know laughing out loud but I but I had a 
very good time. Um, I think it's a, a, a great cast. I think everyone is very, very funny. Um, and uh, it, it's just kind of um, an amalgamation, I think, of kind of influences and, and uh, influences that, that, I, that I really like, right? Like we were texting beforehand about the Johnny Guitar reference, uh, but it also kind of has this soap opera kind of feel. Um, but also screwball comedy, like, I, I think um, that all just kind of comes together in a very seamless way uh, that I find pretty fun. Um, Great. Yeah. Um, did this come out before or after Jackie Brown? Probably before, right? I think Jackie Brown was so 90s. Too. This was, like, late 80s, I think. Okay. Because there's a scene um, in the airport when she's on that uh, horizontal oh, escalator, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, where it's shot very much like Tarantino shot Jackie Brown, but mm. but more reduced, more limited, less. Um, th- there's less prowess on display, but mm. there's clearly like the beginning inkling of that shot. Yeah, in in my personal view. Yeah, I would agree. I, I think I remember thinking the exact same thing. Like, I wonder if there's. If there's a reference point, maybe even further back, that they're both sort of starting with. Yeah. Um, but Tarantino's but, just such yeah. a film nerd that, like, right. there's no way he didn't know about this. Yeah, yeah. Um, I take the over on he knew about this, like, since the year it came out. <laughs> likely. Uh, his, yeah. The encyclopedic knowledge, yeah, yeah. makes it seem probable. Um, what else? I don't know. I just had a good time. I like the zany energy of it. Um, that it's not, uh, over the top, I guess it's maybe, maybe it is over the top, but it's not, um, I still wouldn't describe it as too silly or goofy or something like that. It's, it's kind of about excess in some way with the emotion and the production design, but, um, I don't know. It just, it's just feels right. I don't know. It's definitely weird. To me, like it's it's in the Todd Salons genre mm. of like oddity, of like it it just makes me nervous. Mm. Like I'm filled with anxiety when I watch it. it stresses me out to watch it, but mm. I like watching it, like a Todd Salons movie. Yeah, with Todd Salons, I used to think of those as like feel bad movies. This is more of a feel mm. good for me, but I. I completely agree. There is something about the eccentricity of it, right? Uh, it's just like a little, a little curious. Does this fit into like the foreign camp genre? I think so. Yeah. Okay. For sure. This blows my mind. I just I made think, an yeah. accurate statement about camp. I don't think we did any foreign films during our camp episode. We did not. Right. I think yeah. those were all American. Um, but I think so. There, there is something about the absurdity of it that feels campy. Eccentricity of it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I felt that way whenever the woman who's coming out of the like uh, insane asylum mm-hmm. would show up. She, she felt particularly campy to me. Something about that makeup. Uh, Yvonne's wife. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah the makeup. The ex-wife? I guess sense. they're still married. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And there's, there's like a correlation in my head between... Um, the makeup from Johnny Guitar and the makeup with her. Oh, definitely. Right. Uh, yeah, just a little flamboyant yeah. in some way. Um, 
And even um, the the Picasso looking woman. Yeah, I really liked her. She was funny, being half as or not half asleep, completely asleep for most of this. Very striking. Yeah, yeah, visually. yeah. Um, yeah, I like the the casting. I guess um, Antonio Banderas, that uh, you know, a head kind of hair he's got going on. The uh, impulsive wanting to kiss the girl who's cotton the terrorist plot yeah. every once in a while. I thought that was super funny. Um, I'm kind of intrigued by like his relationship with Olmodovar. It sounds like that's like ongoing, a long term kind of thing. Um, you know, he doesn't have a big role here, but uh, uh, I don't know. I'm always kind of just kind of intrigued by directors recurring to work with the same people. And ben- um, Benderius is having quite quite like the resurgence artistically it seems to me i, I know you haven't seen pain and glory yet but between yeah, that yeah. and the laundromat you know oh he's got right 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 i was trying to think about what else he had um, coming the skin out i yeah. live in is is still you know doing the uh the critic rounds even though it's been out for a long time there's still people catching up with it every week that are you know i see yep. it getting a five on letterbox more often than not oh really yeah so you know like he's uh He's graduated from that that Shrek relegation that he had. Right, exactly. Of Puss in Boots. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I think uh, Amodabar maybe has a rather humble opinion of men. I like his um, making of films usually about women. Hmm. Um, I don't know. It sounds like that might not be the case with Pain and Glory because that's maybe a little more personal slash autobiographical. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Is this the same tell. guy? Say more. Pain and Glory, The Skin I Live In, is Almodovar? Yeah, yeah. Whoa. I had no oh, idea. Oh, I thought we were talking about that. I had no idea. Oh, yeah, yeah. The correlations are heavy. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. When you get to Pain and Glory, the women will be the stronger characters, and it is the feminine aspects of the men that will bring about. The, the best parts of them, I'll yeah. say. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, obviously, representation is a very hot question today and whether or not, you know, men should be the one to tell women's stories. I get the sense he's someone who maybe kind of gets that right. He's telling stories about uh, women. You know, this is about, in part, women kind of being driven nuts by a guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and... The, their hysteria is not the subject of ridicule, but it's sort of, it's comedic, but also empathetic to yeah. some degree. It's sincere at um, some base level. Yeah, yeah. And there's there's nothing that ever feels, like, male gazy about it. Um, no, to me. because he's gay. Right. So. I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and... Um, I'm just, not, I'm just not sure who else I might kind of compare him to in terms of, like, that kind of movie he's kind of interested in making that's influenced by, by melodrama and women's pictures, like the Cirque kinds of films of the 50s. Um, and I dig it. I don't know. Yeah, there's... There's something of that film school of the 90s, I guess, to me. Like, he's somewhere between Jarmusch and... Um, Rodriguez, if I had to like try to use like American filmmakers of that point in time to express like his eccentricities, like it feels like um, he's got like the clear voice for characters that Rodriguez has, 
but that kind of aloofness of uh, mm. of commitment maybe that Jarmusch has, where he'll just let his his worlds kind of be ethereal while the characters that mm. are in them are having honest experiences. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I keep wanting to say pain and gain, which is definitely not right. Pain yes, and gain. because that's a top five movie of the decade. <laughs> Very different. Pain and glory. Uh, not as good. Have not. Oh, you, you didn't like that quite as much as uh, Women Pain on the Verge? Game? No. <laughs> Versus Women on the Verge. Uh, oh, yeah. No, Pain and Glory, I think, is better. Think so? Um, personally, um, <laughs> it speaks to me at a craft level that I really like. Um, mm-hmm. It's not dissimilar from uh, The Man Who Killed Don Quixote um, mm. in tone this year. Um, once you watch it, I think you'll see why, and you'll be like, okay, yeah, this is a Taylor type mm. of motif. Like, once you have to experience the beginning and the end in order to really kind of get the get the gist, it's it's one of those. I am excited. Uh, It'd be like guessing what Under the Skin is from the trailer. Bad idea. But you, need you will to be see, wrong. You need to see the end. You will be very wrong. Any favorite scene? Good question. Great question. That's tough. I think I have to go with the one that I already brought up at the airport where we're seeing that same Pam Greer, Jackie Brown style of moving horizontally. And then the uh, the overshot where she's going up the escalator and it takes up by about a third or maybe it's it's directly half of the screen. Just the way that he supercuts those is really sharp. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this isn't really a scene, but I think my favorite shot, at least, would be when Yvonne's wife is on the back of the motorcycle on her way to the airport, and the hair is, like, flying directly backwards, and then she comes in, and she's, like, a mess. I think that's maybe one of the times I did get a laugh out loud, uh, partly because that, I think that did feel particularly campy. I think she was pretty funny. I agree. Uh, but... That whole sequence where the the girlfriend's pissed because any girl is riding on the back of the bike. And then she's like, she's got a gun. She's holding him at gunpoint. And she's like, that's no excuse. I'm the only girl that rides on the back of that motorcycle. Like, I like that. She, I, I love that. Yeah. that That's part of that eccentricity. Of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's good stuff. I enjoyed this recommendation. I'm glad that you made us watch it. Um... I think that's it for this episode. How about you? I'm ready to sign off. That's a wrap. Run! Go! Get to the chopper! We have to go. I'm coming with you. That was brilliant. You're the best and we love you! Another one in the can!